Hi there, and welcome to L the episode 48 of the LDS study session with me, Matt Roberts. And today I wanted to begin looking at this week's Come Follow Me section, uh, which is found in July 15th to 2 July 21st, Acts chapter 10 to 15. The word of God grew and multiplied. And looking at the first section here, which is entitled, God is no respecter of persons. Now, this is a really full section. Um, I mean, it is, it is focused on a whole chapter, and this uh, Acts chapter 10 is so full of uh, many things to learn, so I'll probably split this into two. Um, so we begin at the start of chapter 10, and we look at this man called Cornelius. Um, and we read straight away that he was a devout man uh, who feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. So here we know that, that Cornelius is a is a strong spirit like kind of man who is aware of his spirituality he fears god which suggests after all he is uh, a centurion so he's a roman who is a gentile uh, but if he fears god he obviously has has gained this faith in you know in, in in our heavenly father rather than other gods which the romans believed in at the time uh, and so he had this faith. He also gave much alms, showing that he acted on his faith rather than just believed in it. And he always prayed uh, to God. And he receives a vision uh, by this angel, uh, showing that um, you know the Lord prepares the elect. And the Heavenly Father knew that this Cornelius was, was going to be a vehicle for change uh, in the Lord's church. Because obviously at this point, they still mainly focused on teaching the, the Jews. Uh, and those around Jerusalem, obviously we know that the Samaria kind of kind of fell into that category. They were considered uh, different from the Jews, but they st were still considered part of the, the Jewish lineage, if you like. But now, this Cornelius, who was completely separate, uh, was going to usher in a, a, a change in the church. Uh, and first of all, I'd point out here that, you know, we, we often are questioned, well, how can we the true church if there are changes over the years well right here right now the church began uh, with christ and he taught only the jews and he made it clear he was to only teach the jews and even you know for a while after his death they only focused on teaching the jews but this was going to usher in a change in in policy for the for the, for the early church that it wasn't now to be just the lord's chosen people that were to receive the gospel but anyone who uh, was willing to, to follow the, the gospel, to, to, know, to, to come to know their saviour. And I think that's an interesting point, that, that we would well remember today uh, when there are changes that happen, and even changes that members of the church uh, feel aggrie aggrieved about. It's something which is natural, that revelation continues over time and develops us. And the people at this time of Christ church were obviously ready to understand that now the gospel is for everyone. Um, yeah, I think that was an interesting uh, thought. Uh, we know that God, our Heavenly Father, is willing to work through angels to, to prepare the way. In Moroni chapter 7, verse 22, we read, For behold, God knoweth all things, being from everlasting to everlasting. Behold, he sent angels to administer to the children of men to make manifest concerning the coming of Christ, and in Christ there should come every good thing. So right from the beginning, uh, angels were, were used and were... Uh, relied on to, to send this message. So Cornelius and his little group go uh, to, to meet Simon, Peter, um, who who is currently in the house of one Simon, a tanner. 
and they get there. And as they're coming close, Peter, uh, at this moment, particular moment, uh, goes up uh, onto a housetop. Now, again, this is an interesting uh, thing that he does. Why does he go onto a housetop? Um, the fact is, is that he was probably there not just to have some relaxing, peaceful time by himself, but to, to listen to the Lord. And how often do we need to do that? Or how often do we not do that? Where, you know, we're searching for an answer, or even when we're not searching for an answer. I think it's easy for us to, to go up uh, or to go to our housetop or to go to our personal private space uh, when we are looking for an answer. We know that's easy. But how many times do we go to that personal place or to that housetop, as it were, uh, just to just listen to what the Lord has to say to us. I would suggest that, you know, in my own life, I've only really done it when I want a particular answer. And that's, you know, when you think about it, that's rather selfish of me. I should be willing to go to that place and just listen and just see, you know, if there's anything the Lord has for me, uh, as Peter does here. Because we're not, uh, we're not uh, given a inclination that, you know, he went up there to search for a revelation. However, he goes up there, he's prepared, and he does. And we find this revelation beginning in verse 11, uh, the heaven opened, uh, and this this vessel comes down with all the, the unclean things that were considered unclean to eat in the Mosaic law, uh, which you can read in Leviticus 11.2. Um, there's a huge list, that, and then the verses onwards, there's a huge list there uh, of things that, uh, that were considered unclean. And of course, Peter does question this, and then the, the voice repeats a second time, what God hath cleansed, call that, that, that call thou not common. Uh, and then it's done another time, it's done, it says in verse 16, this was done thrice. And again, this is interesting, the whole principle of this being done thrice. We, we, we see a number of instances uh, when the Lord speaks to his people of things being repeated three times. Um, we, we see it here in this example in Acts. We see it when the Nephites are waiting, or, or, or when the Nephites, I should say, have had the events of sign and, and, and the signs of Christ's death, and then they hear the voice uh, of, of the Father uh, testifying of the Son three times. Uh, we, we see it a number of times, really, throughout the Scriptures, this principle of repeat, the Lord repeating something three times. Having looked at this New Testament example, and the Book of Mormon example, and now, and, and then uh, with the Prophet Joseph Smith, the vision of Angel Moroni appearing three times. Uh, and there's a lot of repetition, and the Lord obviously does this for a number of reasons. One could be suggested is to get the message across so that we remember it, but also I think it's to show the importance and the, uh, the, the value that's placed on this particular vision. So um, Peter then goes down and finds that there is indeed someone that wants to speak to him. Uh, to, to find out uh, what the Lord would have them do. And this is where um, we find that, that Peter is told to, to go to them. So the Spirit speaks to him and says, go with them doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now, it's interesting, that, again, that the, that the Spirit uses the phrase doubting nothing, suggesting that Peter would probably doubt. And this relates, obviously, to, to the fact that at this stage still, the, the gospel was, was meant for, for the, uh, the those of the Abrahamic lineage uh, only. Um, in Acts chapter 15, verse 7, a bit later on from this experience, we see Peter rising up uh, to the people, uh, to the apostles and the elders coming together. And we'll look at this later in this section of Come, Follow Me, but I thought it was relevant to, to mention this now. Um, they are disputing, uh, they, are, they are discussing this point. Um, 
And then Peter says, Men and brethren, you know how, how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So it's making it clear here that the, the church, uh, those who follow the Saviour, should listen to the revelation uh, received by the one who is leading the church under the direction of the Saviour, rather than the traditions or things that, things that have been done, the always they've been done. Um, and I think that this is an interesting point, not just for the church, but for many places. I mean, as a teacher at, at, at a primary school, we are often you know, told to look into things and, re and look into research, new research, and not just do things because that's the way we've always done them. And this is something which I think is not just something in the church, but it's a cultural thing. It's something which, you know, people as, as human beings do. Oh, well, this works, you know, 10 years ago, so let's just keep doing it this way. But things do change over time. And I think that particularly as we come into these days, these, these very last days, we have to be ready for this with this uh, attitude that time will change and therefore revelation may change not because the doctrine changes but the way we do things changes so then cornelius explains uh his experience uh, to peter and what's been going on um well well they, they, they actually they meet up and then cornelius falls down at his feet but then peter says stand up i am also myself a man uh you know clearly recognizing that he is not the person that should be worshipped and in the, and in fact that even he's not the cause of them meeting together. Uh, I think that sometimes, you know, we, we, we clearly understand the principle of, you know, we are not to be worshipped, but sometimes we do kind of take upon ourselves the, the glory, as, as it were, of something happening. You know, if a great miracle happens, we say, oh, well, well we did this. But it's recognising that any miracle that happens or any good thing that happens mainly comes from the Lord. Uh, in Doctrine and Covenants section 20, verse 19, it says, and gave unto them commandments that they should love and serve him, the only living and true God, and that he should be the only being whom they should worship. You know, recognising that the Lord is the one that makes these good things happen. The prophet Joseph Smith understood this principle uh, when he was teaching, uh, and he was quoted uh, as, as saying a very similar thing. Uh, he said, quote, I do not want you to think that I am very righteous, for I am not. God judges men according to the use they make of the light which he gives them, close quote. Um, a clear message here that we should be worshipping only God and that he is the one that, that deserves that worship and gives us those blessings. We move on. And uh, he, it is uh, Peter teaches Cornelius, you know, it, you know how it's an unlawful thing that a Jew is to keep company. Um, but he then says how he's received this vision. Um, that anything common or unclean, uh, that you shouldn't call any man common or unclean. Uh, in Second Nephi chapter twenty six thirty three, we see we read this: For none of these iniquities come of the Lord, for He doeth that which is good among the children of men, and He doeth nothing save it be plain unto the children of men. And He inviteth them all to come unto Him and partake of His goodness, and He denieth none that come unto Him, black and white, bond and free, male and female, and He remembereth the heathen. And all are alike unto God, both Jew and Gentile. And I think that it's something that members of the church need to remember. Now, I'm not suggesting here that members of the church are, you know, believe that certain lineage or people of certain cultures deserve the gospel. But I think that we can slip into a mindset of looking at people that come into the church and, you know, doubting or questioning, you know, where they've come from. 
Uh, and that's just, that's just not on. Uh, we've been told here by a vision to Peter that we shouldn't call any man common or unclean, but we should be willing to accept any who walk through those doors um, because they are all children of God. To finish this uh, rather large uh, study session today, I will kind of jump now to uh, what Peter says once he hears Cornelius's uh, experiences in verses 34 to 35, the well-known scripture where Peter opens his mouth and says, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted unto him. And there is obviously a, a huge message here, message here that the Lord prepares people. Uh, and these people can come from any walks of life. Um, but we need to be ready to, to support and help with this uh, great gospel going forward. Now, I want to um, have a look here. In Acts 15 and Acts 17, there are two great verses which will go along with this. In Acts 15, verse 9, And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Again, Peter teaching about how it is time to allow this gospel to go to all, all people. And then Acts 17, tw verse 26, And have made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Again, pointing out that it is the Lord's gospel, it is the Lord's desire, uh, and if it, if it is his desire to make it known to all, then it is that time. I want to close this by sharing a quote by El uh, Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf, uh, in, in a talk entitled, Be Not Afraid, Only Believe, in the October 2015 General Conference. Uh, he said this, quote, Implied in such a statement is another of Satan's deceptions, that belief is available to some people but not to others. There is no magic to belief, but wanting to believe is the necessary first step. God is no respecter of persons. He is your father. He wants to speak to you. However, it requires a little scientific curiosity. It requires an experiment upon the word of God and the exercise of a particle of faith. It also takes humility it, and, it takes require, and it requires an open heart and an open mind. It requires seeking in the full meaning of the word. And perhaps hardest of all, it requires being patient and waiting upon the Lord. Close quote. He is making the point here that the gospel is available to all. However, not all will receive it. Those people need to be humble, willing to seek, willing to ask, and willing to wait for the Lord's answer. And this takes us right back to the start of Acts chapter 10, where we read those qualities found in this Roman centurion Cornelius. I hope that you've um, learned something from this study today. It's been a, ra a rather long one, and actually I don't think I'm quite finished with this section because there is quite a lot here to take on board. Uh, but hopefully you've learned something and can apply something. Uh, if you have anything to share from this or any other study that you've done, please do so at Matt S. Roberts 90 and I look forward to speaking to you again. Until we meet again.